Welcome to episode 53 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, the author of the travel books On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide, and Road Trip, a sports lover's travel guide. I'm hoping this podcast inspires you to travel to destinations that have been used in some of your favorite movies and television shows. Let's get started. everyone. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast, the last time I posted was in January. I had posted it had been a while, again, since my last podcast because of my mom's health. At the time, I talked about how she was improving and I could play catch-up. Unfortunately, that was short-lived and my mom's health took a turn. She passed away on April 4th and from January through April, all of my free time really was dedicated to my family. I'm working again and, of course, miss my mom terribly, but I'm back with some changes, but more about that in a minute. I can't believe it's the beginning of June already. I do hope you've been out and about traveling, even if it's only in your hometown. If you need some inspiration, try looking at the relatively new realtravelsmagazine.com, where you'll find articles on film locations of The Matrix, Top Gun, which just came out, Hallmark Movies, and other TV and film locations as well. So what have I been doing over the past few months? I've binged, binged, (laughs) I've been trying to talk. I've binged the final season of Grace and Frankie, as well as Ozark. I've seen the new Doctor Strange movie, which I liked, but I did find it a little confusing and a little much, if you know what I mean. As well as the unbearable weight of massive talent, which I found insanely funny and well-written. I saw Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, which was bland, in my opinion. Of course, I'm a huge fan of Survivor, and there's my regular shows like Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, and my quirky comedies like Call Me Cat and Bob Hart's Abishola. Next week, my daughter and I are going to the movies to enjoy watching The Wizard of Oz on the big screen, which I had never done before. I can't wait. So what about you? What have you been up to? Let me know. So I'm going to jump right into the interview this week because first I actually have to say that this interview was done in January, so you'll hear me mention that, but nothing about the interview is time sensitive, and I think you'll thoroughly enjoy this. It's all about Italy, and if you've been listening, you know that I haven't been there yet, but it's on my list of places to go. So I turn to the one person I know who knows Italy, but who specializes in Sicily, Karen LaRosa is the owner of LaRosa Works Sicily Tours and Travel, and we talk about everything Italy, travel and movies, in Sicily especially, including the Godfather and the Godfather tours that they offer and Cinema Paradiso's filming locations. We also go into a lot of other movies that you're going to want to put on your list of things to see. This interview only piqued my interest in traveling to Italy even more. So enjoy the interview. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Karen, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking about films, and I love talking about Sicily, so it's a good place to be. And I have to tell you, you're one of my uh, guests that I'm pretty jealous about because you get to talk about films with me and Italian films, and then you get to go to Italy and work on, you know, dealing, getting people around in Italy and I don't care. As long as the sentence ends with Italy, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Italy is pretty much comfort food for everybody. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a feast for the eyes, a feast for the stomach. Um, it's a place that most people can relate to. So it's, you know, a favorite destination. And for me, you know, it all comes down. I've always been all over Italy. <clears throat> Sicily is my, my heritage. It's my passion. It's, uh, and it's what I do. Um, arranging tours there. Okay, so let's actually start there because how did that happen? How did Sicily become this, you know, 
thing for you compared to the rest of Italy? I know, obviously, the rest of Italy is just as important, but you focus on Sicily. When did that all start? Well, basically when I was a little girl because I was just always asking a million questions of of my relatives who, you know, my ancestors came from Sicily. So we had a lot of... um, you know, a lot of the same traditions and things like that. And I was always going through the old photographs. And so I became, you know, very interested back then. And then as an adult, I ended up going. And the minute I was there, I just felt like I belonged there. I felt like, oh, yeah, I recognize so much of this, even though I, you know, only imagined it or heard about it from my family. So, uh I started to go back and, uh, you know, I swore to myself I'm coming back. (laughs) I came back months later and uh, little by little people started asking me for advice and I've always been a planner and an organizer anyway. Um, I started doing tours and um, arranging itineraries for people and then I really started doing it like as a business and, uh, you know, that was in 2009. So, um yeah, so I've been doing it for quite a while, and I have mm-hmm. a lot of fun doing it, um, bringing people there, sharing what I love, and it's pretty much all I do. I do send people. I do have tours to go to the Amalfi Coast and northern Italy, but <clears throat> 95% is in Sicily, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I know it really well. You know, I've been there countless times all around the island, meeting people, going places. It's just it's fascinating. There's so much there and really people have only been going in the last, you know, if you didn't have family as a tourist, you probably in the last 15 years is when tourism has really taken off. So, uh, so it's Mm -hmm. pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting time. And the more you talk, the more jealous I get. Um, (laughs) So you said that, you know, you started doing this as a business. Um, Why the travel business? Because obviously also you've gone through, you know, the industry's gone through a lot over the last few years. And I'm sure it's come, you know, had plenty of challenges too. So talk about what it is that you actually do. You mentioned tours, but give a little bit more detail on exactly what you do and how you set it all up. Well, I do two things. I do usually four tours, five tours myself a year, which is I go, I design an itinerary with some theme or no theme uh, involved, and then I market that and people join my tour. The other part of it, and really the lion's share of what I do, is uh, arranging, arranging private tours for people. So someone will call me and say, I want to go with my family. And we want to, we really love food and wine and we love Greek history and, you know, we want to go to our hometown near Agrigento. Fine. So I will plan an itinerary and then I make their hotel accommodation uh, arrangements, uh, their drivers if they want them. I have a great team of guides, uh, all professionals. And so I put a whole trip together for them and uh, and they, you know, get the benefit of my knowledge, my experience and and all my contacts to really, you know, enrich their tour and uh it seems to work. <laughs> seems to now, work really well. If somebody wants to do it, if somebody wants to go to Italy, um Sicily and wants you to help them, but they want to do the like touring around on their own at their own pace, they don't really want to follow anybody or anything like that, can they still work with you? Sure, sure. I mean, again, I can handle accommodations, and I've stayed in so many that I can really, you know, recommend a lot in different, you know, all over the budget map and um, the the type of place map. And uh, if they need drivers, I can do that. If they don't want guides, that's fine. If they want free days, that's fine. I have a client going in March, and um, they're going for nine weeks. So this is a this is a pandemic phenomenon. I've had more requests for lengthy trips, which I think is just people are saying, okay, we realize tomorrow is not promised to anyone, and we need to a do it now, and b do something meaningful um, mm-hmm. with our lives. So with our travel lives, you know, our time. I mean, most people who do this kind of thing are retired or you know 
But, uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously in a nine-week trip, you're not doing something every day. Um, They want Mm -hmm. downtime for this and that. So, you know, I mean, anything is possible. And the challenge for me, and I enjoy the challenge, is trying to match up the best itinerary with the people who request it. So I've got a couple of weddings I'm doing. I've got, you know, families with small children. And it's uh, the challenge is finding the things that's gonna that it, the things that are going to make them happy, and uh, and I enjoy that. <clears throat> now, it, as we record this, it's the middle of January. What mm-hmm. is the situation now in Sicily with closings and being able to get in and out of the country? What should we know? And this is something I guess we should talk upon because if we're recommending people go you know, then we should give them that information. Is everything open? What should they know about? Well, you know, it changes. Um, It has changed. But for the most part, since, you know, last year, you've needed a vaccine card to get in. um, And if you don't have one, you have to quarantine for five days. So that's not appealing for most people if they're only going for two weeks to have to spend five days in quarantine. So you need your vaccine card. There is a form you have to fill out that just it's a passenger locator form. So they want to know, uh, keep track of people who are coming in and where they're staying um, in case COVID breaks out in an area. <clears throat> and then you need to test, um, even if you're vaccinated, you need to test before you go and test when you're coming back to the States. It sounds onerous, but I did it, you know, in there was this little blip in the fall where things seemed manageable anyway. And, I mean, it was traumatic, the whole nine yards, because do we go, do we not go? I had these two tours um, full set up, and it was back and forth, and it was really nerve-wracking. But finally, you know, with, with the people who wanted to go, we went. And um, mm-hmm. even after Alitalia went out of business and made life, you know, really difficult. But we got there. And I have to say they were two of the best tours I've ever done. Um, we were, you know, masks on again, off again. But in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. You know, everything mm-hmm. else seemed pretty normal. And I had, you know, knowing this situation was happening, I I planned a lot that we were outside and we were not in the most crowded places and and all that. And it all worked really, really well. So going forward, you know, Italy was hit so hard in the beginning that now they are really, really making sure that they are protected. And and close to 90% of the population is vaccinated and they are going the extra mile with all the other precautions about, you know, masking on the streets even. I mean, that's right now. Um, The way Mm -hmm. things are going, even here, it looks like we're going to have a, you know, we've had this spike and now we might have this dive. I hope so. Um, And, you know, and then even if this is something we have to deal with going forward, I mean, there's a lot we deal with, you know. So if you have to wear a mask for a short period of time, that's fine. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's what I say. You're in freaking Italy. I don't care if I'm wearing a mask and I'm in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, at some point you have to say, look, I can't stay in the house for the rest of my life because I'm afraid, you know, as long mm-hmm. as it's, look, I don't want to get it. And, and I have family members who have. I know people, unfortunately, who've passed. Um, but, you know, at some point when it seems pretty reasonable, I want to be there. You know, right. there's one client I have that I'm not saying no to anything anymore. <laughs> she said, look, I'm mm-hmm. of an age. How much longer do I have in my life to do this? I'm going. So, you know, we you have to be. talking I, to my mother, were you? <laughs> <laughs> my mother said the exact same thing to me the other day. She goes, why do I care about any of this anymore? She goes, I'm 86 years old. I've been through hell and back. She goes, I'm living my life. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it, that is a feeling and it, that a lot mm-hmm. of people are having. I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I have a lot of things already planned for this year. Uh, and I really hope that w- we can proceed um, without mm-hmm. any kind of problems. 
And I, I really feel like we will be able to. So, um, I mean, after all, so many people have had it and so many people mm-hmm. are vaccinated. After a while, it's just going to peter out. So I want right. to be planned. I was a Girl Scout. I want to be, pl- I'm, you know, <laughs> I need to have my, my plans in place and be organized. And I am. So I'm happy about that. And um, all my clients are, you know, we're all just keeping our fingers crossed that things go smoothly. Nice, nice. Um, so when you and I first talked about coming, you know, you coming on the show, um, we talked a little bit about some of the films in Italy. I actually talked to you about them in general, and then you got a little more specific. So just to give you a little background, like my love for Italy, I haven't been there yet, and I can't wait to go. I'm, I mean, I'm oh, completely honest, gosh. I'm not been there yet. But <laughs> what made me fall in love with, like, the idea of going were – um, two movies. One of them was obviously, you know, a lot of people fell in love with it with Eat, Pray, Love, you know, the, the uh-huh. things that she did, the fun that she had. For me, it was Under the Tuscan Sun. Uh-huh. And I watched that once and sat there crying, not just because I loved the movie so much, but because I couldn't stop looking over her shoulder at right. all of the things behind her and the things that she was doing. And I know that that's not Sicily, but it, it generated this love of like you know just wanting to go and wanting to learn more about the culture and I am half Italian with the last name Iannucci obviously everybody should know that but I am half Italian and I do want to go there you know for for quite a number of reasons um so that started my love and then when you wrote to me what kind of caught my eye and my husband doesn't know this but he's sitting right next to me um the Godfather was obviously filmed in part of um, Sicily, and that's his favorite movie. So we have, like, oh, gosh. a couple of different reasons to go out there, you know, and mm-hmm. he's also Italian. And and so talk a little bit about, because you mentioned before we dive into the list that, that you had sent to me, which um, are movies, some I haven't heard of, some I heard of, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you have some of the more popular ones like Indiana Jones and The Godfather, um, talk a little bit about them and kind of what the draw is for filming in Sicily and, you know, these particular films and these films in particular. Well, I mean, part of it is what, you know, you just described. It's, you know, the beauty as the backdrop for these films. And in the case of the films you mentioned, beauty would have been their, what they were looking for. You know, in some other kind of film, maybe an Indiana Jones film, they were looking for something very specific. And they were able to find that in Sicily, you know, ancient ruins and uh, seascapes and, and things like that. So I think it depends on the film and the director. But the thing about Sicily is that it's got a lot for the, an island that's the size of Massachusetts, it's got, you know, landscapes, and it's 75% hills and mountains, so that's for starters. So beautiful landscapes with, you know, vegetation and sheep and all that. It's got, it's an island, so it's surrounded by the sea. And the thing that people talk about, I wouldn't say most, most, but a lot, is the light in Sicily is very special. Um, hard to describe that until you've seen it, but <clears throat> the bright colors, it's loaded with flowers in, in the springtime and completely different in, in the fall when it's, uh, you know, most everything's been harvested. So it's very, it's brown, the soil is there. Of course, the trees are dripping with olives and the vines are dripping with grapes. Completely different views, depending on what you want to film. And all of that becomes tangible you know, and really appealing when it's used in the backdrop of a film. I mean, you can't help but looking over someone's shoulder. You know, I watched The Power of the Dog last night and looked at New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So I think that's, that's what it is. And it also, it's just like it exposes you to so many different things, like the cultures, the traditions, the lifestyles. And, um, you know, when you're watching a movie, you know, you're taken out of yourself for a while. It's going to, you know, like travel. You know, you go someplace and mm-hmm. kind of puts your life in, in perspective. So you mentioned The Godfather. The funny thing about that movie is <clears throat> that uh, everybody wants to go to Corleone in Sicily to see where it took place. But truth is, it wasn't filmed there. 
um, Corleone was too developed by the time to use that as a center for the film and where the, the story is, is located. So they actually filmed it in a place called Savoca, which is a small hill town uh, just north of Taormina on the east coast of Sicily, so not even on the west. And it's one of those places that's like stopped in time. Um, and now, of mm-hmm. course, because of The Godfather, it'll probably never change. You know, it's got drop-dead views. It's charm galore, narrow, hilly, cobblestone streets. Um, and you can still sit in the place <clears throat> where um, Al Pacino sat when he met Apollina um, and, and eat gelato. So that place is, you know, it is a tourist destination. There's actually a statue to Francis Ford Coppola there. Um, because that town was not on the map before the Godfather was filmed. And, and now it is a, you know, a really popular destination for, um, not only film lovers, but I mean, who, you know, who hasn't seen the Godfather, um, so, uh, so people I, you go know, there. I have to say that until I met him, I, I hadn't seen The Godfather until I met my husband, and he's like, oh, really? you haven't seen it? You're a film buff, and you haven't seen The Godfather? So we sat through, we sat through, I sat through the first one, and then um, it was good. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and we ended up going to one of the anniversary showings in New York City together where they brought uh-huh. the whole cast back and we were able they were all out on the stage and people oh, were asking cool. them questions yeah it was a, it was really fun and um so you know i appreciate it and we ended up watching all of them and i do appreciate them i think they're a little like filmed a little darker than i expected them to be uh-huh. um but you know overall the the um the timing and the, and the just the cinematography and things like that were were great now if 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 we get to Sicily, do they? I know you talked about the um, the statue, but do they actually have like Godfather tours or things like that? Do they honor the Godfather in any other way? There, yeah, there are. Um, well, I have to just comment that much as I think the film the films were brilliantly done, and I actually took an entire film course dedicated to this those films in college, um, you know, they single-handedly ruined any hope of tourism. <laughs> but apart from that, <laughs> yes, there are places you can go. The um, the place where uh, Apollina is killed, where she's driving the car, that's on mm-hmm. uh, one of the tours. It's a private residence, but, but you can get in, you know, if you know who to ask. And, um, well, actually, yesterday I got an email that, uh, if you remember, and I don't know, the Michael Corleone is, is talking to the Pope at one point, and they're walking through these hallways. That was in, uh, in Acciriale, which is not far from Savoca, a little south on the coast. And <clears throat> that house is up for sale. Um, it's... 22 bedrooms and 45,000 square feet or something like that for six and a half million dollars. Can you imagine? Wow. That's nothing. I mean, I live in Manhattan, a six and a half million dollars, you know, you get maybe a three bedroom apartment. But so, you know, these things were all kind of in the same area um, where they filmed this. So yeah, there are, companies that do godfather tours the thing i don't like is when they celebrate the godfather and things like t-shirts and mugs as if i don't like the you know that image of mm-hmm. sicily at all because it's not fair and it's yeah. not right and it's let be gone with that but it makes them mm-hmm. money so sometimes that's what they you know they resort to now um the other movie that we talked about um, is Cinema Paradiso, and mm-hmm. that is talk a little bit about because that is a very popular, you know, and so well done movie. Um, talk yeah. a little bit about that. You know, the, do, do you actually get people who who call you up and say, "Look, I want to see the filming locations of things like Cinema Paradiso," and you know, some of the lesser known, I should say, you know, they might be really known in Italy, but let's say in America, lesser known movies. Well, 
Yes and no. Um, as I said, I had a professor who taught film, and this was one of the films she she taught a lot. So I was very happy when we went to those places, and I was able to show her those locations. Um, there is one film tour. I mean, the Godfather thing, yes, people ask to see that. Um, and I'll talk about Montalbano after I ask, answer your question about Cinema Paradiso, mm-hmm. but people do ask to go on Montalbano tours, and I've done that. Um, mm-hmm. Cinema Paradiso is interesting because it's the place where, you know, in the film where the whole community is gathered and they're watching the film that's, that's being shown on the side of the building in the big piazza. That, mm-hmm. that town is called Piazza Adriano, and it's really not far from Corleone. So interestingly, um, this, and that's, I think, Cinema Paradiso was in the late 80s. So when that was filmed, this town was still very much in the old style. It had not been, you know, developed and upgraded like Corleone had it. So they were, Tornatore was able to to film um, in that town. And that's in Western Sicily, kind of just in, in the hills. It's not a not a real destination. But he also, he was from, Tornatore was from the north coast of Sicily in a, a town called Bagaria, which is kind of between Palermo and Cefalu. So he filmed uh, a lot around there and, uh, <clears throat> and in Cefalu as well, uh, which is, you know, beautiful, beautiful locations. Cefalu in particular is, it's on the water. So you're facing the the Tyrrhenian Sea with lovely sandy beach. And then behind you, right behind you, are the Madonia Mountains. And they kind of rise up um, to just making this drop-dead setting. I mean, it's just an iconic image of of Cefalu. And um, so they filmed uh, there. The other person we mentioned earlier was Harrison Ford was just there filming some of... um, Indiana Jones, and uh, God bless him at 79. But they turned the mm-hmm. whole town, which is a small, Chefalu is not a huge town. Uh, a lot of it is pedestrian only. And uh, they turned it like into 1969. So the locals had a great time. I mean, everybody was posting selfies of them and Harrison Ford and then seeing their town, you know, roll back the clock all these years was a lot of fun for them. Um, and as I mentioned, then they went into the interior a little on the west, actually not far from, uh, not too far from Piazza uh, Adriano, uh, where the Temple of Segesta is. And that's one of the best preserved Doric temples anywhere. So I guess it made a good backdrop for Indiana Jones. <clears throat> so there's just all these different, you know, locations uh, for for films um, that paint this picture of what Sicily is. And it's, you know, that's not necessarily what they're trying to do. But mm-hmm. when you look at enough of them, um, all right, let me mention Montalbano. I don't even, do you know who Montalbano is? You might not, um, and that's okay. <clears throat> I'm going to say no, although I did a, quick Google search when you mentioned it. <laughs> Wait, what's Montalbano? <laughs> the, um, the, go ahead, you explain it. Detective Montalbano is a character mm-hmm. invented by an author named Andrea Camilleri, who only started writing these when he was in his 60s, by the way. And he wrote these, his books, his stories, there's some 36 of them, were turned into full-length feature films. Um, all based around this detective who is like part Sherlock Holmes, part James Bond, and, and part Columbo. And they have an mm. enormous following in Europe. Um, they are charm personified. He is just, I mean, this great character, and there are all these incidental characters around him that are equally wonderful. So these are 36 of them, and uh, they're all filmed in in the Val di Notto, which is the southeast part of Sicily. Um, Sicily was divided by the Arabs into three different areas. So Val di Notto is the southeast area. But the, what it's known for uh, very much is that there was a series of earthquakes in 1693 that destroyed about eight different towns in this area. 
consequently, they were all rebuilt. Um, and at that time, it was kind of high Baroque, uh, now what they call Sicilian Baroque. Um, so you have all these beautiful, ornate towns, and they make a great backdrop for, for filming. <clears throat> Montalbano is filmed in a town, his, the police office and, and all of that area is in Chicli. Uh, but he visits often Ragusa and Modica, and he lives in this uh, drop-dead little apartment that's right on the beach. And he always goes for a swim when he needs to clear his head. And uh, <clears throat> there is a waiting list so long to stay in that apartment. <laughs> I think it's an Airbnb or something now. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. you really get a chance to see uh, different areas in Sicily. And, of course, he's always driving, so you see the landscape. You see um, he's obsessed with food, so you you learn a little bit about food, and you're always hungry by the time the movie is over. Um, <laughs> and it, it just it's they're all so different and so much fun. These, you know, it always starts off with somebody was killed, and then the rest of the movie is about how they were how they solve the the mystery. But if you want to see it, you know, Sicily and learn about Sicily, um, Montalbano is a, is a great way to start. And given where we are right now in this, you know, pandemic or endemic or whatever you want to call it, it's a great binge watch. A whole month you can subscribe to uh, MHZ Network, the, the European um, movie channel, and, and just watch these movies. And people call me all the time and say, I want to go visit the Montalbano sites. So I have done that. Mm -hmm. From what I see too, just, I know you said you could subscribe to um, that channel you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I also looked up, it looks like um, Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. If you have a subscription, you can get it there too. Um, I'm not sure. I think it might just be the last episode which they finished after Camilleri died. So it was directed then by, by uh, Luca Zingarati, who is the star. He kind of finished what had already been, in, you know, started. Um, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if all of them are on Amazon Prime. Um, it looks so like, can't... yeah, actually, it, it, it looks like there is, but I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, they, you know, everybody could do their own kind of research mm-hmm. into this, but it also says watch with MHZ, which is what you mentioned before. Um, so I don't really kind of know all that, but it, it definitely sounds like something I'd be interested in watching. That sounds oh, really you, cool. Um, believe me, you will love this. It's just such fun. <laughs> My and, husband has become um, a, a Montalbano junkie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's. I actually want to know though, like you know, you talk a lot about the the scenery and the and the filming and all that. As a tourist, though, before we get into some of these other ones, are there like better times to see Sicily certain parts of the year than other parts of the year? Like, what time of year would you recommend if somebody wanted to visit that you'd really it'd really be an ideal visit well uh usually i recommend going in the spring and in the fall as i said earlier very different um experience to go both times in the spring sicily is carpeted in flowers <clears throat> for grazing for all the sheep and, and the cows and all and everything is in bloom so it's this this you know profusion of color um, everywhere and it's not hot it's warm it's not hot uh, I would say July and August is probably not the best time to go particularly late August because that's when a lot of Europe is on vacation so people move around and they're not where they normally are and uh, it's it's crowded it can be very hot um, and then I would go into September and October, which are usually lovely, lovely months. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are at all interested in in food, uh, it's an ideal time to go because, as I said, everywhere you go, there's just olives dripping off the trees, and there are olives everywhere, um, mm-hmm. and grapes on the vines. You know, they produce a lot of wine in, in Sicily. Uh, and plus all these little harvest festivals that you, you know, come across. Um, some of them are bigger than others in, in these small towns. 
and you really get to taste fresh local products and it's uh it's a lot a lot of fun you know it's funny because all i keep thinking of is when i go to italy it's like you want to talk about food i want to try everything i'm bringing stretchy (laughs) pants i don't care what weight i leave here i leave there with i don't care I'm not leaving without tasting everything I want to taste, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I can't imagine going to Italy and not being a food person. Right. I mean, it's, it'd be difficult. Um, <clears throat> nine <laughs> out of 10 people tell me, oh yeah, food and wine are top of the list. Um, there's, you know, there's, they are, they treat food differently than we do. They really respect you know, eat seasonal, eat local, um, and not because, you know, our marketing now tells us that we have to do that and who can afford it and who can't and green markets and all that. That's all great. But they've been doing this forever. Um, mm-hmm. And because of that, the food is really, really tasty. Um, I go into a food depression when I come home. Um, and, it's, and it's generally <laughs> healthier for you. So plus, you know, when you're on vacation – you finish your meal and then you go about walking for the next two hours. So it's not like it's okay. You know what I mean? Like you said, you just yeah. eat it and and it's not a problem. What I always tell people though is don't fill your luggage, you know, leave room mm-hmm. because that is the thing I hear most from my clients. Oh, I wish I hadn't packed so much. I want to bring back, whatever, olive oil, cheese, mm-hmm. you know, a bottle of wine, this, that. <clears throat> if you pack lightly, you'll be able to do that. And there aren't that many places to get Sicilian products here. I have a woman in New Jersey who imports, and thank goodness, because there's just not that many, um, not that many places where you can find Sicilian products. Okay, so I, I see the tip here. The tip is, you bring clothes that you don't care about coming home in. So you pack a suitcase, and then when you're on your way home from the airport, you dump the clothes, and then you just use that suitcase to bring home. <laughs> I like that tip. Oh, <laughs> don't think people like have not done that. <laughs> don't think Say people. people have done that. What the hotels must find in their rooms. <laughs> It's like cheese or these jeans that I don't fit into anymore. I'll take the right. cheese. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, as long um, as it's shrink wrapped, you can take it home. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so I, I have to keep that in mind. Or just bring a separate suitcase that's empty, you know, and then mm-hmm. just bring it, fill it up and bring it back. So mm-hmm. definitely making note of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about these films that you wanted to mention because I'd love to give people, you know, we're it's it's great to talk about, um, you know, The Godfather and and the standard films that Americans know, um, but there's some other really great films that have been made that you really should watch before you go mm-hmm. over there. I think it would enhance everybody's experiences. So if you mm-hmm. haven't already seen them, let's talk a little bit about what's on your list here because I, I would love to share these these uh, movies with everybody. Well, okay, not to go into too much depth about any of them, but um, mm-hmm. The Leopard is is a must. It's a must read, but it's one of those films that they that they did a good job on. Um, mm-hmm. So it was filmed in in '68, and it's done in Palermo. Um, I've been inside mm-hmm. the Palazzo where they filmed the ballroom scene, and <clears throat> I actually know somebody who was on the set when they were filming it, so I have some, you know, backstories about how it was so hot when they were filming this that the candles kept melting that they had on the walls, and they just had the candles. And imagine they're in these, it, it takes place in uh, in the mid-1800s, so they're in these, you know, huge costumes, you know, layers of stuff, and these candles are wilting because it was so hot. Um, but mm-hmm. that's filmed in and around the Palermo, <clears throat> Palermo area, um, and a real must-see. It talks about the uh, changeover from when they unified Sicily in 1861, and it is, it's a historical um, look at it. It's a fictional look at it. Um, 
And when the author, Lampedusa, wrote it, they, they actually didn't want to publish the book. But since mm-hmm. after he died, he, it was picked up, and now it is considered one of Italy's classic novels. And so it's, it's quite a wonderful, um, if long, movie, <clears throat> and I highly recommend and- watching that. Now, you put it as The Leopard, but what's the Italian name of the movie? It's called Il Gatto Pardo. Pardo. Gatto Pardo. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I will yeah. not attempt to say that, but I just wanted everybody to hear it. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> he, um, part of that also was filmed in a town called Santa Margarita del Belice, which is actually one of my ancestral hometowns. And that's where Lampedusa, mm-hmm. the real Lampedusa, had um, a summer they had the family had a summer villa, so now there's a museum in that villa uh, dedicated to the novel and uh, and the film. Lots of memorabilia in there, and that's another you know one of these small towns in the interior of Sicily, but but well worth a visit. Um, we just mm-hmm. rewatched <clears throat> Rossellini's Stromboli, which with Ingrid Bergman, which is a Another interesting film to watch from a travel standpoint because it really makes you uh, appreciate life, living life with a volcano in your presence. Stromboli is an active volcano. It's part of the Aeolian Islands, so north of of the mainland of Sicily. And um, I hadn't seen that movie in years. And, you know, now that it's more relevant to me, just seeing Ingrid Bergman, who escaped um, where I forget where she came from, Denmark or someplace during the war, and she thought she was going to live in this paradise with this, you know, handsome Italian man who was going to take her away from all the horrors of war and all that. And instead, she ends up on this forbidding volcano with crazy weather, crazy people. <laughs> and, um, but interesting to see just how um, how difficult that life can be. I mean, I've been all over Mount Etna, and, you know, these people live, of course, it's gorgeous and all of that. They live under a volcano, and it erupts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, they revere the volcano because it provides such fertility to all the vegetation in the area. On the other hand, you know, you're living under a volcano. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, wow. it's but, you know, people aren't, um, they don't live in Etna Park for the most part. You know, it's a 24-mile uh, area and, and wide area. So there's generally not a lot of destruction. What there is is a lot of ash that falls all over the local towns. And uh, and that has its own problems, you know. It's, you're constantly sweeping up and all that. Um, mm-hmm. another movie that I actually I haven't watched yet, but I know the director, um, <clears throat> Emma Dante, it's called A Street in Palermo. And this is a, mm-hmm. she, she's wonderful. Uh, I've seen other things that she's done, but this is a story of two cars coming down a street in Palermo, a narrow street. And one is come. it's a two way street, like a lot of streets over there that is really only wide enough to be one way. So you have these two cars that meet and the entire movie is about them trying to figure out who's going to back up. And this is total, Mm -hmm. this is chaos in Palermo. This is driving. This is, you know, the whole community gets involved and everybody's got an opinion and who takes sides. (laughs) It's supposed to be pretty hilarious. Um, And that's in Palermo. Oh, it's just very typical. This would not end in probably the same way, but it, it just it, that sounds hilarious. Two cars meet, and neither one will let the other pass. Right, and everybody's got an opinion. So the guy on the corner is going to come over and get involved and tell you, you know, what should be happening. So um, anyway, that's that's I a, think more we have of to a put comedy. this on our watch list. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely on our watch list. Um, <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Now, I mean, now, what? I was just going to ask you if, like, you have a favorite out of the ones that we've talked about. Oh gosh. Um, well, I do, but I, we haven't talked about it yet. Um, and well, it's let not. Me know what it is. It's called chaos. 
and mm-hmm. it's uh, the Taviani brothers uh, directed it in the early 80s, I think it is. Um, and it's based on stories by Pirandello, um, the the author who lived in that area. Um, and this is, it's not really, um, <laughs> they're all a little dark. Um, they're all like evocative and um, what's the word, mysterious almost. Uh, beautifully rendered with haunting music. Um, that's one of my favorite films that I've mm-hmm. watched numerous times. Of course, you know, I love The Leopard and I, I love Cinema Paradiso. Il Postino, we didn't mention that. And, and that's uh, part of that is filmed in Sicily, not all of it. Um, but I was just stood where the sunset in front of the house where he where they filmed uh, where he lived in that movie. Um, on the island in one of the Aeolian islands. Um, <clears throat> gosh, there's so many. Um, La Terra Trema is another really dark, depressing um, movie about fishermen, a fisherman's family in uh, in um, Achitreza, which is very close to where I mentioned the um, Godfather movies were filmed. And uh, that's a black and white film um, based on a Verga book called Il Malavoglia. And it's all about this, you know, local fisherman's family and how they tried so hard to become independent and free from the poverty that was very real over there. Um, It's a classic neorealist film uh, in black and white, um, but just, you know, just a gut-wrenching, well-done, um, well-done film. There, I mean, there, there are a lot. I actually have a bunch of them listed on my website. Um, I have a page mm-hmm. that needs to be updated with films from Sicily. You know, that were things that were filmed in Sicily. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Well, let, tell our listeners then where they can find the website and that particular list. And, you know, just, I mean, you, I, I could keep, I know I can't, but I could keep you on the phone for like another hour just talking about Italy. But I think I'm going to let you get back to your life and <laughs> but let my listeners know where they can find you. So if they want to plan a trip to Sicily, you are the person to call. Oh, thank you. Uh, I have a website and it's uh, the name of my company is La Rosa Works. It's the truth. Um, so La Rosa mm-hmm. Works. Sicily Tours and Travel, and that's my, um, I have a website, I have an Instagram, you know, Facebook, the social media stuff, um, and can reach me through any one of those avenues, um, you know, direct message or through email on my website, and uh, and it's fun, it's fun, so I love to help people plan you know people don't give enough time to to their vacation plans you spend more time thinking about the the coffee you're going to get that you're going to be done with in 20 minutes as opposed to you get one vacation a year you know make Mm -hmm. it count (laughs) agreed agreed and then hopefully people will take more than one vacation a year you know (laughs) and and you know some of them do some of them do. You get to that point in your life when, when that's a possibility, and some of them do. You know, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot with something, and you're like, oh, no, Lisa, don't do that. But as, 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 as you were mentioning your, your social media, I happen to pop on to your Instagram, and you have a picture of this spreadable pistachio cream. First of all, you have gorgeous pictures on your site. But we got to talk <laughs> about this pistachio cream because I need to try this. Okay. Um, it's, so it's, it's delicious. It's, it, now, obviously, from Sicily, right? Yeah. I mean, that was why I photographed it, because of all places, I found it in Costco. And, you wow. know, I ex- examined the label, and it comes from Bronte. And Bronte has mm-hmm. um, is the place where most pistachios come from in Sicily. There are, are a couple of other smaller places, but the lion's share of them, and you know, many say the best in the world come from Bronte. 
Uh, and pistachios are, A, a superfood, and, B, they only harvest every other year. So they're kind of mm-hmm. a, a treasured you know, commodity, if you will. To find the cream of this, which people put on things like, um, well, panettone, but you could put it on um, uh, like a brioche kind of bread, anything like that. People use it in baking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sweet, but it's pistachios. So, you know, you got to say it's kind of healthy for you. It's sort of their exactly. answer to Nutella, but if you, you know, not to say anything negative about Nutella, but, you know, this is kind of pure. It's just pistachios right. and, and, you know, whatever oil they need to, to give it that consistency. Um, so that was amazing uh, to find that there and, and, you know, try it, see it, see how you like it. Uh, and I then we will take you to Bronte, that. and we'll go <laughs> hot yes, off the That's a date. I am keeping you to that. I have that on <laughs> audio now, saying that you will you will meet me there. <laughs> so we will definitely do that. But you are you are so much fun, and I've really enjoyed this. And I can't stop looking at your Instagram page. So if anybody's oh, out there, go. If you really just want to get the, the pictures are gorgeous. They really are. Thank so, you, Karen. Thank, thank you. you so much for being on the show today. This has been so much fun. And like I said, no, I don't want to let you go, but I will. And, and, uh, and will it's you come really back fun. on down the road? Sure, sure. I'll try to. I'll make a mental note to keep track of all the newer things that are being filmed and and some of the older ones that we didn't talk about. Um, but it's it's as I said, it's a really film is a wonderful way to learn a lot about a lot. You know, not just places, but traditions and families and culture as a whole. Um, so film is a wonderful avenue into all of that, and it's uh, something I've always enjoyed. So happy to talk about it. Awesome. Terrific. Well, thank Karen, you thank so you much. Thank you so much. You have a great day, okay? Thank you. You too. Well, that's it, folks. Karen, thank you so much for this interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to go to Italy, specifically to Sicily, give Karen a call. You can look her up on La Rosa Works, Sicily Tours and Travel. So at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that I have a change to talk about. I've been giving it a lot of thought over the last few months, and I have decided to stop the podcast for a while to focus on the realtravelsmagazine.com website. I know I just got back here, but I did have a few interviews in the queue that I never got had never gotten to, and I wanted to make sure that I got them up for the guests. So next week will be the last podcast for a while. I'm going to focus on growing the websites, and I'm going to put interviews there. Maybe one day I'll come back and do the podcast again, but for now I need to prioritize where my time and energies are needed. I do work on a lot of projects, and I just felt like streamlining some of this would make it easier for me. Please check out realtravelsmagazine.com for more fun stuff, and if you're new here, go back and enjoy the other interviews I've already done. Well, that's it. One more episode to go before my podcast sabbatical, so to speak. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at The Virgin Traveler and follow me on Twitter at Real Travels Mag. I hope to talk to you guys soon. And again, reach out to me anytime you want and enjoy your summer traveling. Take care.